4: This is Saturday Bet Prep with Matt Eumanns on v the sports betting network.
5: All right, it's a football Friday from Las Vegas at the Circa Sportsbook, the studio with Derek Stevens, who's writing some big checks on a Friday night. Derek Stevens, the owner of Circa, you were down at the D. You had a big presentation tonight for the winners of the
6: Circa Millions and Circa Survivor and a lot of money. Was handed out tonight, Derek. A lot of money, a lot of big checks. It was pretty awesome. Uh, big crowd, big turnout. Uh, actually, our winners that chief three, uh, the four uh, four guys came out this time. They brought four wives. They brought parents. They they rolled they rolled deep. Seventeen people uh, wow. part of that crew coming out. So that was good, and uh, they got their million dollar big check and. Uh, and uh both uh circus survivors got uh got the big checks for 3.06 million. So that was pretty good. And then we paid down like I think I think the top 12 we provided big checks for here tonight. So great cocktail party, great stories about the sweats. Something I found out with the um the one circus survivor, uh Brown A told the story. Um Brown A didn't have any partners. Took the kid, took it all by himself. Unbelievable. He That's lives great. in Henderson. Yeah. Un- unbelievable. The other group. Does he have G- a wife? Um, I yeah, I believe so. I thought uh, that was the two who were sitting around in your box last weekend. No, I met I met, you... I met oh, this okay. brown brown uh A for the first time. Okay. So, okay. Um and then the then um the other circus survivor, a group of six of them. Interesting story. Mike Palm asked the question. At what point did you think, did you start changing your your uh, strategy based upon so many teams getting knocked out? He said, well, if, if you remember, he said, you and Jeff Benson and, and Derek come on, and we talk about one week when there were a lot of uh, no picks. He goes, we started off with 24 entries between all of us. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was one day that um, we forgot to put seven picks in. In the middle of the season. He goes, and we thought we were we were handicapped by, by losing those seven the whole time. And it was one of the two remaining, uh one of the two remaining uh survivors. So pretty amazing. So how much money was uh handed out in these two contests total? It was six million on the circa millions and six point one three three million yeah. on circa survivors, so twelve point one million. Both would be the biggest football contest payouts ever. No doubt about it. over twelve
5: million here. At Circuit in the two football contest, and Derek, I know you're a guy who likes to do things bigger every year. You think next year's contest can uh,
6: can approach 15 million? Oh, I don't know. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna have some fun. We've got a lot of the prior year Blue Jackets roaming around Circuit tonight. Uh, everybody's kind of celebrating. We're gonna celebrate a great wild card weekend coming up, and then. Uh, you know, it's usually uh, one of the weekdays after Super Bowl. Uh, we'll get together with the crew, go out to lunch, and we'll start uh, pondering, pondering some ideas. You know, in events like today, though, everybody's got a lot of different ideas. So I love mm-hmm. hearing, I love hearing the different ideas. I know
5: you like to hear ideas. And uh, I, I know that the dollar figures out there in these contests get a lot of people excited. I wouldn't be surprised if these things get bigger every year and don't slow down. The Circa Millions and Circa Survivor Contest and uh, Derek, I know you're going to have a party at the Mega Bar here pretty shortly, so we're going to let you go after the first segment tonight. also want to talk about the Circa Friday Football Invitational. The Bear, Chris Felica, held on. He went 1-4 in the final week, but he won his best bet on Georgia Monday night. Didn't have to sweat that, and he won by the tiebreaker. Took down Chuck Edel. Take a look at the standings here. The final standings, and look at this, Derek, the top six separated by just A point and a half, and I believe those were last week's uh, standings. We've got to get the final standings up there. Um, The Bear, I talked to him this week. He's going to try to make his way out here to Circus Sports and um, collect and uh, see you and hang out with us uh, maybe next weekend or the weekend after. But he said, quote, It got a little too close for comfort, so I'm happy Georgia left. Little doubt Monday night, and it was a stress-free evening. Being able to compete against and interact with some of the best handicappers around made the season that much more enjoyable and certainly increased the stakes. I look forward to being cut in week nine next year as a defending champ. End quote. <laughs> That's uh, Chris Felica. The bear talks about his title. He gets $15,000, a trophy, a green jacket, and he also won the Brooklyn's Best MVP Award for having the best bet record. And... Um, that came in valuable. 13 and 5 on his best bets, and that's what broke the tie with Chuck Edel. There you see the final standings. Chris Felica and Chuck Edel tied at 52 and 38 against the spread. The top six separated by only a point and a half, Derek. James Salinas, 5 and 0 in the final week to rise up to number three. He took the tiebreaker against Paul Stone, who finished fourth. Doug Kazarian, 5, Joey
6: Fortuna, 6, Randy McKay, 7, and Jeff Whitelaw, 8. Pretty amazing. Now, now uh, the bear gets fifteen thousand. How's the pay- how's the rest of payout? Come, Matt? Seven thousand to Chuck Edel for second, and three to James
5: Salinas for third.
6: There we go. Top three payout. Uh, good to see James getting in there. Paul Stone though getting beat on that best bet. Paul Stone had a hell of a uh, back half of the season. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was really amazing because he was down a little bit after the first four weeks. That's but uh, but uh, boy, oh boy, some some uh, some great handicapping great handicappers right here so Matt great great contest you put on
5: appreciate your support for the contest we're going to try to make it bigger and better in uh season number two the circuit Friday football invitational also on tonight's show Chuck Edel who finished second is going to join us here in about uh, 20 minutes and uh late in the final hour of the show James Salinas who finished third is going to be on tonight we're going to break down the NFL wild card games and best bets with them Wes Reynolds who is uh, hosting the previous show here on v is going to be with me for the next hour or so. We're going to talk a lot of college basketball and the NFL, and we might start a college basketball contest on a smaller scale on this show next Friday night. Derek, let's take a look at the NFL wild card weekend and the view from behind the book, how some of these numbers have moved this week and uh, what type of liability you're facing here as, uh, as the bookmaker and uh, what you think you're going to need on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday night. And let's start with the uh, Saturday games.
6: Yeah, we, uh, you know, this is a game, we we, uh, we opened it at 10, uh, quickly went to 9.5, and we haven't moved from a 9.5 since then. So Talking about the Seahawks 49ers, right? Seahawks 49ers. 49ers, we, uh, we opened it at 10, went to 9.5, and it stayed at 9.5. Um, I do expect to see some moves tomorrow because, this wild card weekend is going to set records, uh, certainly for us. Um, I think certainly for Las Vegas and all in Nevada. But I think around the country, this is just a massive, massive slate. And uh, the volume has just been just tremendous, just tremendous. So right now, right now, 9.5-42 is where we're sitting. Okay, do you think the Niners uh, get up to 10 in that game?
5: They close uh, ten, or is it going to stay below ten?
6: I think it very well could go to ten. I wouldn't mind it going to ten either, because uh, right now, when you take a look at w- where we're seeing a lot of action, we're we are seeing a ton of teaser money right now, and and uh, you know nine and a half, you're seeing a lot of six and a half, six and a half point teasers. We've seen some sevens, but uh, but it's clearly this game is a game that's getting teased heavily.
5: Yeah, the the San Francisco side is going to be teased. Uh, also, the Cincinnati side, and uh, you're going to see teasers, I think, on the Jaguars teased up and the Buccaneers teased up. But it's interesting uh, when you see opinions on Twitter this week, people seem to think there are three teams that cannot lose this weekend in a money line parlay the 49ers, the Bills, and the Bengals. It'll be interesting to see if one of those teams gets
6: upset. Game number two on Saturday, Chargers and Jaguars, Derek. Uh, we opened this game as a pick. Obviously, we've got uh, you know some injury-related injury-related news, um, but uh, we're at, we're up to uh, Chargers two and a half, forty-seven and a half. So we've seen Chargers money throughout uh, throughout the week. Is that, that's sharp money, I assume, right? That's what you would define it. Well, it's just been
5: uh, a preponderance of the money. And Mike Williams, wide receiver for the Chargers, out of that game, and uh, no reason why he played in Week 18. Dolphins and Bills in the 10 a.m. game Pacific time on uh, Sunday to kick it off. And the uh, Bills now double-digit favorites.
6: Yeah, 10 and a half. But this has been a runaway train. Went to 12 and a half. Uh, now um, was at 12 and a half yesterday, up to 13 and a half today. This is just runaway uh, Bills money. I, obviously, the, the quarterback situation in Miami um, is, is is really the issue. So uh, Bills at home, 13 and a half. And I, I don't know where where. What level you're going to have to do to get buyback? I'm assuming we're going <laughs> to see something when we hit a 14, but I'm expecting that's where it's going.
5: Well, if you like to dog, you got to wait for it to hit 14, right? Yeah. There's no reason to take 13 and a half right now. How about Giants and Vikings? This number has uh, not moved all week, has it?
6: No, it hasn't. But we, but we, uh, but we had to juice it a little bit today. So we opened as a three and forty-eight and a half. The line is still three and forty-eight and a half. So it's never deviated off the three. But this afternoon, we did start seeing uh, a good amount of Giants money coming in. So now, um, Giants are juiced twenty cents. So the uh, Vikings are a three even on the deal. So it's been it's been Giants money here uh, in, in the last twelve hours. That's gonna be a good game Sunday afternoon. I'll be here at Circa probably with you out there in the box watching that All game. Right. How
5: about the Sunday night game, Ravens and Bengals?
6: Uh, this is this is one that's been up and now it's down. Uh, okay. Open at six and a half. Uh, obviously, all the discussion is Lamar. Is he playing? Is he playing? You know, goes up to nine and a half, and uh, with him not playing. But today, it's been interesting. Down to eight and a half. It's been all Raven money this afternoon here in Vegas. Yeah, notice that uh, DraftKings was down to eight and a half today
5: too. How about save the best for last? Cowboys Buccaneers on Monday Night Football. This is going to be a good one. And uh, Dallas. I saw Jeffrey Benson tweet out here at Circa last Saturday night, Cowboys minus three and a half, but that's not the number now.
6: No, we opened two and a half, 45 and a half. Yesterday it was two and a half, 45 and a half. Today it's two and a half, 45 and a half. I think, um, I think we're not seeing as much action on this game, just simply because it's the last one on the schedule. Mm-hmm. But I think by Monday, I, mean, I, I would tend to believe this is going to be the game with the most handle. Yeah. It just hasn't shown up yet. It'll be heavily bet by Monday night, that's for sure. That's Derek Stevens, the circuit
5: owner. Derek will let you get out at the Mega Bar and uh, party with the millions and survivor winners. Great. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate the time. Wes Reynolds on deck. We're going to talk NFL and college hoops. Stay tuned.
8: This is Saturday Bet Prep with Matt
9: Humans on vSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
5: All right, if you're looking for a betting edge on football's big game, the vSIN experts have got you covered. Become a vSIN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of only $9.99. vSIN Pro subscribers get access to a daily recap of the top plays made by show hosts and guests, betting splits, deep dive betting reports, vSIN betting guides, and a lot more. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Visit vcin.com slash subscribe today to sign up, sign up for only nine ninety nine dollars and become part of the Sports Betting Network. Nine ninety nine. That's at vcin.com slash subscribe. All right, Wes Reynolds joins me in studio. One of the smartest guys at the network, and he proved that by winning the Westgate Superbook NFL Season Wins Challenge. Nice job, Wes. And uh, you cashed a check of around $21,000 in that uh well done, buddy. Yeah, one
9: man's smart as another man's lucky. Like any contest, you gotta get some luck at the end. But twenty one seven and two thought it that had a chance to at least get in the money, so it did. So uh nice to win a contest actually that pays money. Yeah, sure. Unlike uh, you know, my, our friends at the uh, your former employer, the Review Journal, where It's just bragging rights or maybe a a free round of golf with Todd Dewey. Maybe that's going to be my price for the uh, RJ College Challenge.
5: Yeah, I've won a bunch of those review journal contests. They don't pay, Wes. (laughs) It's just bragging rights and pride, and that's all that is. Congratulations to you, though. Uh, You said on the NFL season wins, you had 21 winners, 7 losers, and 2 pushes, right?
9: Yeah, the uh, the, uh, Bills Under actually ended up being a no action. Yeah. Uh, and as did the Bengals over. So uh, pushed on the Ravens and Dolphins. Had to get some luck, though, at the end, though. The Commanders won in Week 18. Carolina won in Week 18. New England lost. Chargers didn't get that one, but you get mm-hmm. three out of four coin flips. That's good.
5: Well, nice job. We crowned a champion on this show this week, the Circa Friday Football Invitational. Chris the Bear, felica now of Fox Sports. He took the title, uh, the $25,000 contest. He took home 15000 a green jacket, a trophy, and the Brooklyn's Best MVP Award for the top best bet record. So uh, the Bear is going to come to Vegas in uh, the next week or two and uh, collect his picnic basket. Uh, But, Wes, (laughs) uh, the tiebreaker came in handy for the Bear. He was 13-5 and on his best bets, and Chuck Edel had a strong finish. And uh, the Bear needed Georgia to come in on Monday night, and that happened for him, and uh, he won by virtue of the tiebreaker. 13-5 13-5 and five on his best bet. That's bets. a hell of
9: a best bet record. Yeah,
5: outstanding. And uh, the top six contestants within a point and a half of each other, Chris Velika, Las Vegas professional better, Chuck Edel, Colorado pro better, James Salinas, who's been a, a former v host, uh, Texas football handicapper, Paul Stone, ESPN's Doug Kazarian, and uh, we'll call him New York, New Jersey, Florida professional sports better, Joey Toons, Fortuna, all over the East Coast, he finishes sixth, but the top six separated by a point and a half. So a lot of drama at the end of that contest. We plan to make it bigger and better next season. And Derek Stevens handed out some big checks here at Circuit tonight for mm-hmm. the Millions and Survivor Contest winners. As a lead-in to Super Wild Card Weekend, Wes, let's take a quick look at the six games uh, this weekend. And uh, you can tell me if you've got bets on any of them. I'll get to my best bets at the end of the show. Wes and I are going to have college basketball best bets at the end of hour number two of this show. Seahawks and 49ers. It also looks like weather might impact this game. We had heavy rains in California uh, this week.
9: Yeah, I played a little under 42 here, Seattle, San Francisco. I don't, know, I don't really want to quite lay the number even though I feel this is the 49ers game. Keep in mind, this is a Mr. Irrelevant seventh round pick Brock Purdy's first ever playoff game. It's also Geno Smith's first playoff game on the other side, but Nine and a half, I think it's baked in here. Within clement weather, I don't want to really lay a big number. So I played the under. I could, I think you can maybe look at McCaffrey over his rushing yards, assuming it's in kind of the low 70s. I don't know where the number is right at the moment. I think it's kind of in that range. But I would expect 49ers going to run the ball. Now they do have Elijah Mitchell and Debo Samuel back. So eventually, that's going to cut into McCaffrey's usage. But they rested McCaffrey in the second half last week when they led Arizona big. Think they probably use him a lot tomorrow, and then it gradually gets cut into with Debo and Mitchell's return.
5: Yeah, nine and a half and forty-two, the numbers on the Seahawks 49ers game. And you gotta think the Seattle defense is gonna be hard pressed to stop the run here. I did not um I did not play the dog. I did play the Niners on a teaser at a minus three. Mm-hmm. Did you play anything?
9: Uh just the under, just That's the under it. 42 okay. here. All
5: right, Chargers as two and a half point favorites now on the road in Jacksonville total of 47.5. Do you trust the Chargers laying 2.5?
9: I may have to, just based on what I have read today on the Twitter machine. And look, Brandon Staley's getting rightfully criticized, obviously, using Mike Williams essentially in a meaningless game at Denver. Bosa also got hurt, but it looks like he is going to go with the groin injury. But everybody's down on Brandon Staley and everybody's (laughs) wanting to ride uh, Duval down there with the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Keep in mind, (laughs) Jaguars had a pretty – give them credit. They made the playoffs worst to first in the AFC South. But you played three bad teams. You played the Colts twice. You played mm-hmm. the Titans twice when they were injured, not when they were really good earlier in the season. And then you get the Texans twice. Uh, this is like the total contrarian favorite maybe on the board this week in Super Wild Card Weekend. But I have not bet it yet. I want to see if this keeps going down so I can really lay a cheap money line. That's what I like to do, Matt, when you have those short favorites. You know, lay – $25, 30 Instead of laying like one and a half, I just lay the money line and pay a little bit extra. So
5: I kind of like the Chargers here. The Jaguars won the worst division in football, yes. Wes, and that is the worst division. It's worse than the NFC South. And the Jaguars won it in a game where they needed a fumble return late to beat a team that finished the season on a seven game losing streak. Mm-hmm. Talking about the Titans. Yeah, absolutely. So, I, yeah, I think. The Chargers are the better team, but I don't trust the Chargers necessarily. And by the way, Mike Williams out with a back injury. Why did he play last week at Denver?
9: I have given up trying to give it, get into Brandon Staley's mind. And I've been kind of one of the resident Staley defenders here at Vison because mm-hmm. everybody craps all over the guy and call, refers to him as Boy Genius. And, you know, because he does things kind of in a non conventional way, I like non conventional coaching. I sometimes, think we need a little bit
5: more of that in the NFL. Yeah, sometimes I do too. Uh, but. You know, he's he's made some dumb moves, Wes. Yes. He, he blew the, the, the final regular season game last year in Las Vegas mm-hmm. with uh, a couple of idiotic calls. Yeah. and You, know, and you he, can't blow big games like yeah. that. You can't blow big decisions like this playing guys like Mike Williams in Week yeah, 18 when it yeah, doesn't matter.
9: Exactly. And, I mean, look, uh, he played Justin Herbert when he had hurt ribs in this right. uh, earlier matchup with Jacksonville. I think the Chargers, it went down to like three. It closed like six and a
5: half. And they got beat thirty-eight to ten yeah. in September. Blown out in that game. I was on the Jaguars in that game, whether Herbert played or not. Okay, Bills up to thirteen and a half point favorites. Total of forty-three and a half.
9: I can't. I can't lay fourteen here, really, because look, I, I think this is their game. Obviously, with Skylar Thompson making a playoff start on the road. But how much emotion did the Bills expend last week with everything that happened—that national anthem and mm-hmm. everybody with the threes for Damar Hamlin and. Now the fact that they get good news on the DeMar Hamlin front, Naeem Himes returns that opening kickoff, then return another one in the second half. You beat the Patriots and knock your rival out of the playoff picture. I wonder how much emotion they have left. So if I'm going to bet the Bills, I'm not going to lay the number. I might go team total, especially like first half. Maybe over 14 if you can find 14. It might have ticked up to 14 and a half, but that's the only way I would attack this game.
5: Yeah, the Dolphins limp in here with uh, Skylar Thompson, the quarterback. But you have to wonder at some point here, the Bills have to hit a emotional plateau, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's this team's been on a, a roller coaster ride of emotions. Giants and Vikings are the Giants square dogs here at plus three, or not? Because uh, everybody thinks the Vikings are phonies when, when you're talking about a team that's mm-hmm. twelve and five with a negative point differential. Wes. Uh, you're tempted to play the Giants here. I did not yet. I've thought about it. I haven't done it. What about you?
9: Yeah, the only thing I did was a teaser, and I, I share your concern, Matt, in terms of are they square dogs because they out-yarded Minnesota a couple weeks ago by over 100 yards. It was 7.1 mm-hmm. to 5.2 in terms of yards per play. Minnesota does, does what they do. They get lucky, and they win a one-score game, and they're 11-0 and doing that this year. But I thought teasing, it's not the pure wall teaser above the three and the seven, but it is through the seven, so – I have a Giants plus nine on a teaser with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
5: Yeah, the way I was looking to play the Jaguars, if I play it, is um, teased up to plus eight and a half against the Chargers. And uh, you're, you're looking to tease up the Giants. You have done that, you said, right? Yes. Yeah, the Vikings, 13 and four, by the way. 13 and four, the minus three-point differential. Ravens and Bengals and uh, Cincinnati, eight and a half-point favorite today at DraftKings, nine here at Circa, total of 40 and a half.
9: I took 10 when it popped on the Ravens. And and look, uh, they didn't cover last week in Cincinnati as double-digit dogs, but that was Anthony Brown. He started off really slowly. And then in the second half, he kind of settled in, but it's really more of a play up against the Bengals because if you look, that right side's in trouble without Lyle Collins and without Alex Kappa. Baltimore was getting pressure with their front four. They weren't even having to really blitz very much, and Cincinnati did nothing in the second half. I'm assuming, and I bought on the fact that I think it's going to be Huntley, and not Anthony Brown. If it is Anthony Brown, he did at least get some rust off and some experience last week. But I think if it's Huntley, I thought this number should have been like seven.
5: It's down to eight and a half right now at Circa. So uh, Derek Stevens said some Ravens money has been showing up. West, that might be some of your money, huh? A little bit of it. A little pittance. A little bit of your money. He just cashed a check in the Westgate Super Contest. NFL season wins. Uh, a challenge—that's what it's called. All yes. season wins challenge, twenty-one thousand dollars. Follow him on Twitter at WestReynolds1. We're going to come back with the runner-up in the Circuit Friday Football Invitational, Chuck Edel.
9: This is Saturday Bet Prep with Matt Eumanns on VZN, the Sports Betting Network.
5: All right, welcome back to the segment of Saturday Bet Prep presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches. The simple way to enjoy nicotine. Look, most nicotine products are either too complicated to use or don't provide the satisfaction you're seeking. But Zen Nicotine Pouches might surprise you. Zen is made with six simple ingredients, and it's completely tobacco-leaf-free, plus it offers up to one hour of nicotine satisfaction per pouch. Buy Zen online or find a store near you at zen.com, zyn Today. And warning, this product contains nicotine, which is an addictive chemical. All right, Wes Reynolds, Matt Eumann's back here at the VSIN studio inside the Circuit Sportsbook with the runner up in the Circuit Friday Football Invitational, the Iceman. Chuck, the Iceman Edel, joins us now. Wes, and uh, I know you followed this contest all year for a long time. It looked like Chuck was going to be the winner.
9: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, look, uh, Chuck, obviously, if they followed Chuck's plays throughout this contest, very good on the college totals, and, and I benefited on a couple of those you know, late ads on Friday night, early Saturday morning, because I'm more of a sides guy than a totals guy, but Chuck put me on some winners, so I'm grateful for that.
5: Chuck, 52-38 and 38 against the spread. You had a strong finish, but you lost out on the tiebreaker, which was the best bet record for the season. The Bear, 13-5. and five. He had the best record in the contest on his best bets, but Chuck, well done this season.
8: Hey, thanks. Appreciate it both you guys. Thanks, and uh, great job, Matt, putting the uh, contest together. Thanks to Derek Stevens for his uh, generosity, and uh, and uh, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. It was it was it kept uh, things interesting uh, throughout the season.
5: We'll get you down here to uh, Circus sometime in the next couple weeks to collect your uh, seven thousand dollar check and have a few drinks at the Mega Bar with Derek. All right, let's uh, start with Monday night's game, Chuck, and uh, you and I on the same side here, Cowboys. Open three-point favorites of Tampa Bay, down to two-and-a-half at most spots. Total of 45 and a half on uh, Monday night. Actually, total is a little bit lower than that, I believe, right now. What's the total right here at the circuit right now, Wes? The on total the Cowboys, on uh,
9: Cowboys, yeah, I was seeing uh, 45 and a half pretty much across okay, the board. Okay, still
5: 45 and a half across the board. Cowboys, Bucks, and uh, Chuck, you like the dog on Monday night, right?
8: I do like Tampa here, and uh... – I also like Tampa, you know, playoff time is a good time, you know, to tease too. I mean, I'm, you know, and, uh, you know, a team like Tampa, they're sitting plus two and a half. You you tease them to nine and a half here, you go through the three, four, six, seven. Uh, I think, uh, if you like something to hook it up with, I think, uh, Tampa could be a good teaser as well. But, uh, you know, the, the, the situation here with Brady and Tampa coming into this game, obviously Dallas is has not been playing their best football. They've thrown in a few games, but for the most part, you know, even going back to the Houston game where they barely won and, uh, they've thrown in, you know, they've thrown in a few clunkers and you get a Tampa team at home here, plus the points. But the thing with this Tampa team, I I feel like all season they've been, you know, they've been banged up. Their offensive line has been really banged up. It's probably as healthy as it's, as it's been for this game here. Um, wide receivers, you know, I saw an interview with, with, uh, Edelman obviously played with Brady for a long time and, you know, he had a lot of injuries throughout his career there with new England. And he was saying uh, how Brady, he'd be in the training, you know, you know, Brady was in the training room every day and Edelman would be in there getting uh, work done. And every time Brady saw him in there, he said, don't worry about anything. Just be ready for the playoffs. Just be <laughs> ready for the playoffs. He drilled in his head, just get ready. You know, don't overdo it. Just get ready for the playoffs. And I feel like it's a similar situation here with Tampa uh, you know, some of their even like a Julio Jones to see. I mean, I, I you know, uh, any receiver they could uh, add add in there is going to help them. I mean, they, Brady played some games this year with no wide receivers it seemed like, and so I think they're about as healthy as they they're going to be, and then the defensive end as well. And I think that defensive end, as long as they could put a pass rush on press and, uh, and you know a Prescott, I feel like sometimes Tampa has struggled a little bit with a pass rush, but I think this defense could really cause him some problems. I, I could see him. He's been turning the ball over a lot. I could see him really getting confused with uh, the with, with what Tampa is going to throw at him here uh, tomorrow. I, I and I, I, I like, you know, I, I just think I, I, we're going to see the best of Tampa here in this game. And Dallas, to me, uh, you know, losing last week twenty six to six and uh, barely, you know, getting by a weak Tennessee team. I think we're going to see Tampa on Monday night uh, one of their better games of the season.
5: Wes, the Cowboys had one hundred and eighty two yards total offense. 2.8 yards per play mm-hmm. against Washington last week. That was a Washington defense down a couple starters. Are you on the same side? Are you on the Bucs?
9: I am on the Bucks yeah. on a teaser. And, oh, by the way, it's going to be tough for the Cowboys, I think, to run, too. you got Hakeem Hicks and Vita Vea together. They haven't been together very much this season. But 6-1 and one when they both start only giving up about 15 points a game. So I used it as a teaser leg. And the back end of that teaser, Chuck, for me, was the New York Giants. But – the New York Giants starting to maybe get a little public dogish here against the Minnesota <laughs> Vikings. You're starting to see some weak threes on the board, three even money on Minnesota, and I believe you like the purple people eaters.
8: Yeah, and I agree. I've heard a lot of Giants. That's kind of like the it has been the public dog, and that doesn't mean they're not going to get there. But uh, I do like Minnesota, um, I, and I you know I don't know. If, I don't think it's going to get out to an F. But like I said, there's a lot of three evens out there. You know, if you look at this Giants schedule. I, they had a very soft schedule uh they didn't beat anybody with a winning record since the six-point win they had october 23rd against jacksonville they didn't beat anybody with a winning record they lost to seattle detroit dallas philadelphia they lost to this minnesota team even though minnesota did have to rally to win that game and uh middle minnesota usually struggles with teams who could spread out out the offense and throw the ball. They haven't, you know, the Giants aren't that type of team who's going to throw all over the field. And I think um, those are the teams that Minnesota has really, you know, know, been blown out by some of them with the Detroit and the the Green Bay not that long ago, um, Buffalo. So I I feel like it's still a good matchup uh, here for Minnesota. They're at home and, you know, a short number here. And I, I just don't feel that. Uh, I, I feel like if you uh, look at that giant schedule you know I'm not trying to take anything away they had a great season I feel like they were coached up to, and they took advantage of a lot of situations at the end of games and they figured out a way to hang in and, and get the job done but uh, first game of the playoffs here for them, I, I just think it's a, a bad spot they go on the road and I think Minnesota takes care of business.
5: All right that's the middle game on uh, Sunday Chuck let's uh, rewind here to Saturday and the uh, the first game of the weekend Seahawks and Niners were nine and a half point favorites, total 42. And I think you had a first half play on the Seattle San Francisco game. Is that right?
8: Yeah, I, I like the, the total here. Um, you know, the first, I mean, I'm sure you guys have probably gone over it, but uh, weather wise, uh, it looks like 20 mile per hour uh, winds gusting up to 35, rain, and, you know, that whole system that's been hampering the uh, Northern California area. The field, they said the field has been covered, but, I mean, they've got a lot of rain. We'll see. I, I'm guessing some bad traction. All that fits right into what San Francisco likes to do. Besides running the ball, they also play that unbelievable defense. And uh, it's, it's, it's a, a situation here. I mean that, you know, Seattle, they played him twice already this year. They held them to seven. Seattle scored seven points in the first meeting, 13 in the next. And this is a uh, San Francisco defense now peeking out, getting healthy as well. Uh, you throw the bad weather in there. And I think, we're going to see, you know, a semi-conservative game by the by the Niners here, and I think you'll see a lot of running as well for San Francisco. And I think uh, it's I got, I got under twenty one and a half, but there is still some twenty ones out there on the first half. And I did play uh, the full game, not as much, but I did play the full game under the forty two, which that number is still there right now. Chuck and I match up
9: actually on that under and under forty two. I think we might match up in terms of our feeling about the second game tomorrow afternoon. That's the Chargers and the Jaguars, but. Uh, Chuck, we were talking in the lead-in when we were getting you on the program here. Man, I, 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 it's tough to trust the Chargers, even though I do think that they're the right side here.
8: Yeah, I think they got the, the most talent. Um, the coaching mismatch to me—I'm—I'm I'm not a big fan of the, the coach for the Chargers here, and I think uh, the, you know there's a little bit of a co- coaching mismatch. Uh, you know, but you know, Chargers—they get Boza back. Uh, They do lose Williams. Uh, You know, Chargers did play well. You know, down the stretch, they won. You know, their last four games, um, not including last week, because that was kind of a. Even though they did play their starters, but I don't think they were all in on the game. But uh, the defense in their last four games for the Chargers gave up 11 points a game. In Jacksonville, they won their last five games, but last week when there really was their first playoff game and they, 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 they did struggle in that game against Tennessee. They got lucky to win, you know, to win that game. They got out game three twelve 12 to two twenty two. Uh, they could only run the ball 19 times. So everything's telling me chargers, chargers. And I agree with you. Wes. I, I, I think the chargers do the coaching. And I do have a little bit of the chargers, the coaching mismatch, just in the back of my mind, i somehow, I feel like I going to get screwed by the <laughs> mistake he makes, you know? And, uh, I hope it doesn't, you know, but I didn't go too big on it, but I did go small on the Chargers and see, uh, you know, everything looks It looks like it's a Chargers type of game.
5: You know, I said this on the Pro Football Podcast V-CEN yesterday with uh, Mike Palm and Danny Burke. The best thing that can happen to the Chargers, they lose this game, fire Brandon Staley, and hire Sean Payton as coach. <laughs> I Very love soon.
8: it. I've been saying that. I've been saying, Sean, that's a perfect fit for Sean Payton. I know there's yeah. been a lot of talk about Arizona, but that would be a perfect fit for Payton with it. With the young quarterback in Herbert.
5: All right, Chuck, the Iceman Edel, congratulations on your runner up finish in the Circuit Friday football invitational. Good luck this weekend, man.
8: Thanks, guys. Great talking to you. Thank you, Chuck.
5: All right, follow him on Twitter at Chuck Edel, E D E L. We come back. Wes Reynolds and I are going to break down the Saturday college hoops card. Stay tuned.
9: This is Saturday bet prep with Matt Eumanns on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
5: Okay, with the start of the new year, Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your home for all the latest lines, odds, and boosts. Whether you're a football, hockey, or hoops better, Bet Rivers has you covered. Join every week for new promotions, such as Tuesday hockey first goal insurance, Sunday football parlay insurance, and more. It's a new game at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Visit betrivers.com. All right, back here on the Saturday Bet Prep Show from the uh, Circus Sportsbook in the v studio, Matt Eumanns and Wes Reynolds. And uh, we're both Big Ten graduates, so uh, we're going to talk some Big Ten basketball right now. And uh, we're going to recap quickly what happened tonight, Wes. Uh, Purdue closed a 16-point favorite against uh, Nebraska. The Cornhuskers were down a couple starters. I thought that number was light. Mm-hmm. And Purdue should win that game by 20-plus. As it turned out, Fletcher Lawyer, a freshman yes. guard, had to hit a three-pointer in the final minute for Purdue to win by 18 and cover that number. 16-point favorite, 73-55 to in West Lafayette. Yeah, it
9: happened as I was walking into the uh, property here at Circa. Uh, I was actually sweating the second half under 70, so got that at 69. But uh, there was some applause here in the gallery at Circa when uh, Lawyer hit that three. And look. The two freshman guards, they had a rough spell against Rutgers because Rutgers is really long, and they have Paul Mulcahy and Caleb McConnell. So that was a tough matchup for Lawyer and Smith. But I think these two freshman guards have more than held their own. No doubt they kind it. of run what Matt wants to run. You know, they're not as freelance because you saw last year at Purdue. It was a kind of like, okay, Jaden Ivey gets the ball. Let's just sit and watch and see what he does. And these guys, I think, run Matt's offense and what they want to do, and they defend pretty hard. Can still get better. They're obviously freshmen, but I think Purdue's made a nice rebound here. They're clearly the best team in the conference.
5: Uh, Sixteen and one now, and I believe five and one in the Big Ten. Yep, after tonight's win. And uh, let's take a quick look at the game in Champaign That happened after that tonight. Illinois, a six-point favorite. It looked like Michigan State was the right side for thirty-five plus minutes. Mm-hmm. Actually, the Spartans led by four at the half. And the game got away from Tom Izzo in the final four minutes or so, and Illinois wins seventy-five right. to sixty-six and covers. The line cover in Champagne with nine point
9: one. Yeah, as a kid, Danger with twenty and seven. They got pounded on the glass too, forty two to thirty. Michigan State, by the way, didn't make a three tonight. Zero for seven. They went wow. right in that. the paint. But I'll say what I said about Illinois at the start of the season. I felt they had the most talent in the Big Ten Conference. And I think what has happened, Sky Clark, uh, the kid who was the decommit from Kentucky, committed to Illinois, does transfer out of the program. And I think that's been addition by subtraction because you're getting Terrence Shannon, who transferred in from Texas Tech, Chicago kid, more involved. Matthew, he had 17. Matthew Mayer had 19 tonight. I think that's ended up being a good thing for Illinois because this team looked dead when they started 0-3. They've now won three in a row and they will have uh, Minnesota on the road Monday night.
5: Okay, so you said you think Purdue is the uh, favorite to win the Big Ten, the best team in the conference, and it looks that way. Which team is going to be the biggest threat to the Boilermakers? Is it going to be Michigan State, Illinois, Michigan, Iowa? Who's it
9: going to be? I think Illinois. Okay. I think Illinois, absolutely, because you know now they've got some confidence, and they've got veteran guys that have been in those big games with those two transfers with Shannon and with Mayer, who, of course, was part of that Baylor National Championship team. I think that they're the one near the top – And then the team that's kind of pesky, there's a couple of them. I think Ohio State, if they can get right, if they can finally figure it out, they got a lot of new players. And they had a horrible performance last night against Minnesota. And also, uh, I'm buying in a little bit on Penn State. I, I think Micah Shrewsbury's done a really good job with that team. They know who they are. They spread the floor, let Pickett kind of go isolation because he's a big burly guard that can get to the rim. But they can hit the three, and it wasn't just IU's bad defense. They've been hitting the threes all year. They're ninth in the country, almost forty percent,
5: and they don't turn the ball over. Uh, Jalen Pickett of Penn State might be my favorite guard to watch in the Big Ten. He's a really creative scoring guard. He's he's
9: like a kind of a burlier, shorter hunter Maldonado from Wyoming. You know, and they run they can run. He's probably the only guy in
5: the country that would make that comparison. Well, he is. He <laughs> plays the same game. I mean,
9: he can That's shoot the three, one. but he's not really a three-point shooter. But Penn State's got a bunch of shooters, and then when it breaks down, they got a guy and get to the bucket.
5: Not too many people would say, he looks like that guy at Wyoming. Yes.
9: That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that 6'7", yeah. 6'8", that six, six, yeah. uh, skinny guard.
5: <laughs> All right, so I thought Indiana was going to be the uh, favorite to win the Big Ten. I don't want to get you depressed <laughs> here, Wes, but the Hoosiers <laughs> have hit some hard times. Uh, they opened at uh, DraftKings Day four-point favorites over Wisconsin. This game is in Bloomington on Saturday. Uh, the number is five right now at uh, Circus Sports. I'm not sure if Tyler Wall, the Badgers' best player, is going to mm-hmm. be on the floor in this game, but that's a big deal for the Badgers. So how do you handicap Wisconsin and yeah. Indiana on Saturday?
9: Yeah, and we know Indiana without Ray Thompson, also without Xavier Johnson, but... Yep. <clears throat> I, this the number is like out of reach. This might be like a two team money line parlay type of deal for me because I think Indiana somehow someway is going to win this game. They never win in Madison. they I don't think they've ever won in the goal center, certainly hadn't for the last 25 years. Well, but I
5: think last year, Indiana had a 20-point lead in the first Xavier half. And Xavier Johnson
9: decided to go YOLO and, and, lost, and blew right? the game, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, Indiana's lost three in a row. They're one and four in the conference. All oh, That's they're,
5: stunning, but th- the injuries have played a part. It so.
9: has, yeah. and that three-point defense was just dreadful. I mean, Penn State, they had like a mile between shooters and defenders all Wednesday and kept hitting threes, but You know, Trace Jackson Davis also playing through some back issues but still producing. You still got your two best players on the team on the floor with him and Jalen Huchfino, the five-star freshman. But I feel like this is Indiana's game. But one thing about Indiana, and we were actually texting about this, all the comments, it's like, guys, why are you on Instagram so much responding to these fans? That's not going to go well for you because they're going to be like, win a game, clown. Make a three, Miller cop." And they're not doing it. I mean, they, they've lost three in a row now, but I feel like this is the back against the wall. One thing under Archie Miller, which was a disappointing tenure at Indiana, <laughs> they always seemed when they had their back against the wall in a regular season game where they didn't theoretically have a chance, even though they're favorite here, that would be a game they would win, and then they would give you false hope. And I think that that's what's going to happen here with IU. I think they win this ball game tomorrow.
5: Well, it looks like a spot where you want to back the Hoosiers. I, I just don't know if Tyler Wall is going to be on the floor for Wisconsin. Yeah. You heard because I thought there was he's still questionable. Yeah, with that there's ankle. a chance he was going to play. He's got an ankle injury in the previous game. He did not take the floor. He's missed two in a row, mm-hmm. and he is the Badgers' best player. Yeah, and this is not a deep and really talented Wisconsin team.
9: Now we'll see what Indiana attacks if they, you know, they decide because everybody doubles Trace in the post, especially now without Race Thompson. But if they can get Trace kind of on the move against, like, bigger guys, you know, against bigger, slower guys, he can still take him. you know, get one foot inside the foul line, make a move, get to the basket instead of just running posts where he always gets doubled and whatnot. So uh, Connor Asijian is a, a kid to watch, a kid from uh, Indiana. Of course, the Hoosiers didn't recruit and is a really good shooter, vintage Wisconsin player, but I think the
5: Hoosiers <laughs> get the dub. Yeah, I think it's a good spot for Indiana, too, especially if Wall doesn't play. But uh, keep an eye on that tomorrow, on Saturday morning. How about Sunday, Ohio State at Rutgers. And um, the Buckeyes were 15-point favorites two nights ago in Columbus and lost to Minnesota, which uh, had been the worst team in the Big Ten. That's a bad loss for the Buckeyes Mm -hmm. and their coach, Chris Holtman who uh, I think is going to be on the hot seat here if he doesn't get things turned There are some people quickly. in
9: Columbus that always tweet me or text me. Some Ohio State friends are like, man, you can have this guy.
5: Uh, you know, I was a big fan of the Chris Holtman hire originally at Ohio too. State, and he got off to a good start. But th- you cannot lose a game like that at home against a team as bad as Minnesota. And when you're a double-digit favorite like that, and – what do you think is going to happen here, Ohio State or Rutgers? And it's tough to win at the rack, and you, you got to probably like Rutgers in this spot.
9: Yeah, and Rutgers, I'm guessing, is going to be a smallish, like three or so point favorite uh, in this ball game. Rutgers did beat Ohio State at home last year by two. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, look, Ohio State back against the wall, but we saw kind of a similar situation a week ago on Sunday where Iowa.
5: Boy, wow!
9: How you know, that? Iowa was like against the wall. They had to uh, go ahead and beat Indiana just to get a win on the board in the Big Ten Conference, and then they go beat Rutgers by double digits. I took the Hawkeyes in that game, and they were getting like five, five and a half, six-ish. Uh, so I think they'll be laying about three to the Buckeyes here. This is going to be a tough game. Rutgers, number three in adjusted defensive efficiency. They forced turnovers and they just really take good care of the basketball. So Ohio State, they're going to have to figure something out. There's a lot of talent, but it's a lot of new talent, a lot of freshmen, a lot of transfers on that roster.
5: Yeah, I watched uh, the Buckeyes play at the Maui Invitational, and I wasn't blown away. I thought this got a chance to be a good team. It doesn't look like it's got the, the talent to be a great team. Uh, I will say this on uh, Monday. It's Martin Luther King uh, Day, and uh, there's a Purdue-Michigan State game that I think is going to be a good spot to bet Michigan State. Mm -hmm. Off tonight's loss, what would you make the number on Monday with uh, Purdue in the East Lansing? I think Purdue's going to be a real short favorite. I would say Purdue, too. I'm looking to bet bet the Spartans in that spot. Do you Mm -hmm. think that's a good spot for Michigan State? I absolutely do. Yeah. All right, but that's Monday in the Big Ten. We come back. we got a lot more College Hoops betting talk with Wes Reynolds. And uh, we're going to talk about a possible college basketball contest that we're going to start here on Friday nights. All that and more next here on Saturday Bet Prep vSEN, the Sports Betting Network.